the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. If you're new to University of Adversity, welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, thank you. I appreciate you. Welcome back. Today was a fun conversation. I got to sit down with former Miss United States and sports anchor Whitney Miller, and she talks to us about how she found her true calling by helping individuals and couples as a love, sex, and relationship coach. We talk about the journey of how that happened, and we get into the experimental journey that she's had to self-mastery, which started a few years back in her well-publicized open relationship with Aubrey Marcus. She's also been able to team up with some of the leading scientists and researchers in the field, and she now hosts talks and workshops around the world. She also believes that regardless of your relationship construct, monogamous or open, there are always ways to create more love, better sex, and healthier, happier relationships. So we unpack a lot in this episode. We talk about all things relationship and sex and all that, but we also get into her experience, other experiences such as plant medicines. And we also talk about her podcast, True Sex and Wild Love, which is awesome. She's had some amazing guests and her and um, Dr. Wednesday Martin are just an amazing team on the show. If you guys haven't checked out this podcast, make sure you go check it out right now. They are just a great duo. And as always, I, I, I appreciate great podcasts and I appreciate the entertainment value as well as um, you, you, can, you can tell when there's that chemistry where there's a good balance of knowledge and, and humor and, and um, authenticity and they have this. So I was really, I was really felt privileged to sit down with Whitney, have a conversation and, and you know, be able to extract the gold and be able to share it with you guys. So had a lot of fun in this. I hope you get some value from this. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you go subscribe, leave us a review, let us know what you think of the show. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for you guys. This is a good one. So buckle up, get ready. Whitney Miller coming right up. And we're live. Whitney, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy I'm, uh, Monday. <laughs> happy Monday to you as well. Um, I know you're busy, you're traveling all over the place. And uh, I'm super happy that you got to come hanging out with us today. So, so many things I want to unpack and talk about with you. You're up, to, you're up to so many cool things. But before that, anybody that doesn't know you or is unaware, hasn't heard about you, maybe just give us a little bit of a backstory and, uh, you know, tell us about yourself because you've done some pretty, pretty cool shit in your life. And uh, I would love if you could kind of fill in the gaps for us a little bit. Yeah, totally. You know, my life is... Uh is ever changing, I feel like. Um, and I like to look back on a lot of the things that I've done as basically reinventing myself over and over again. And I'm still so young, I'm 30. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like there's been a lot of pivotal moments in my life to get me to where I am today. And so, you know, I grew up in South Texas um, and I was just, I played any sport you could possibly imagine. And I was just like, a athlete. I loved that. I loved the competitive nature of it. And I loved the training. I loved everything that went into it. Um, so really I was an athlete most of my life. And, um, I, uh, then in college I started 
uh, wake surfing. And so I was a professional wake surfer and I was teaching wakeboarding. Um, and that was just my life. I was always on the lake. And a girlfriend of mine called me and said, hey, Miss Texas is next weekend. Do you want to come compete? And I was thinking to myself, uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but there was, you know, it sounds so cliche, but there was something in me that said, you know what, why not give it a try? Like if you don't do it, you are going to regret this. And I, I'm not the type of person to wonder what if. Yeah. Um, and so I said, okay, fine, let's do it. And I went down there with a borrowed shoes, dress, absolutely everything, and just said, you know what, I'm going to go and be completely myself and see how that goes. And um, it, I, I ended up winning, so that was awesome. <laughs> I won the swimsuit and I won the crown and went to Miss United States and, and won Miss United States as well. So awesome. I had that whole kind of journey for me, you know, going through the, the pageant system. Um, and that was beautiful, really an awesome experience for me to have. And then once you hand over your crown, the first thing people ask you are, uh, so are you going to get married now and have children? And I was dating my boyfriend at the time, Aubrey Marcus, and I was 22 and I just wasn't ready for that. And he wasn't ready for that. And so right. for me, no, that wasn't an option for me. Um, right. and so I thought, let me see what's the biggest challenge that I can give myself, but also what's the biggest challenge that I can give everybody around me, like society as a whole. And that was to go into combat sports and start training for MMA. <laughs> it's like complete opposite of the pageant, like, and the wake server. That's, it's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, it was, I wanted that. I wanted the, wait, what are you talking about? A, a beauty queen can't go into a sport where you're being punched in the face and there's very few female, you know, competitors. So I'm training with men most of the time. Yeah. And so I, it was, it was interesting when I made that announcement, half the crowd was like, yeah. And then the, the other, the other half of the crowd, including my parents were just like shaking their head thinking <laughs> this is a terrible idea and you're absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's what happens is like, we have these, like a lot of times we're so off balance. Like, I mean, you have that one side where you want to be like in pageants and like be beautiful and all that. But then you want to have that, you want to get dirty. You want to like have a bit of fun and like be that masculine side as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason why you can't do both, you know? Yeah. And that was, that's what it was for me is I, that is my, that I have both sides. I have the yeah. side to where I love to get dressed up and I love to go out and I love pretty shiny things. And, um, but then I also really like to push myself to the fullest extreme physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, and really sports did that yeah. for me, but specifically, you know, martial arts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, so that's cause you did jujitsu, right? You did MMA, you did boxing. I mean, I started doing, cause we had a bunch of fighters coming in through on it. And yeah. so I started doing kind of like kickboxing for, you know, fitness purposes to stay in shape. And then I realized like, wow, I actually really like this. Um, and at the same time watching UFC, you realize that there's jujitsu um, and you don't get hit in the face. And so I was like, sweet, let me give that a try. Um, so I started doing jujitsu and I hated it at first. I thought it was absolutely terrible and I was really frustrated and I would just come home just like beaten up you know yeah. my neck would be sore my feet would be bleeding from the mats and like every 
part of my body was in pain. And then you get over like the first hump, you start to like play this game, you start to understand the moves, you start to like, they they call it like human chess. And that's absolutely what it is. And then so once I started to understand what was happening and just not getting completely demolished, it became fun for me. So I started competing in that and doing really well and said, you know what? I'm going to take a fight. I want to take a fight. And so I started training for that. And it was kind of like a up and down um, journey for me. You know, sometimes I'd be really excited about it. Other times I was thinking I was batshit crazy. Why am I doing this to myself? Um, But I stuck with it and decided to take a boxing fight and went to full fight camp out in LA um, under Tony Jeffries, who was a a bronze medalist in the Olympics. And it was the most challenging experience of my entire life. (laughs) I would come home just crying from the gym, you know, just my head would hurt just from being punched. (laughs) And it was really challenging. Um, But taking the actual fight for me was the biggest test. And it was the most terrifying and most exciting thing that I've ever done. Yeah, they push you to the limits. They push you to like... You know, I've, I mean, I, I train in hockey. I wasn't, I, I didn't get into fighting too much. I did a bit of boxing, but like to get to that level, you get pushed hard. Like, and to the point where you're like, man, it, how many times did you want to quit? I mean, how did you even, how did you get through that stuff? Almost every day I wanted to quit. You know, yeah. there would be times I would leave the gym and say, I'm not going back. I'm not st- stepping foot back in that gym, period. Yeah. But there was just something in me. I knew that I needed to do this. I knew I needed to prove it to myself. And I knew that that resistance was just fear. And I've always been the type of person, you know, that if that fear is there, that's my guiding star to get really curious as to why that fear is there. Is it, you know, me wanting to be wanting to be perfect, me wanting to put on a really good show for everybody? Like what was, what was holding me back? Um, and then also, you know, throughout this experience, I was pretty open about it on social media and I got a lot of love. I got a lot of, you know, people saying it was inspiring to them. And I've always, you know, through psychedelics and everything, I came to the, to the point that my, really my existence on this planet is to inspire. Um, and that was one way to do it. And that was one way I could do it by showing like, I am pushing myself to the absolute brink um, in order to accomplish this and in order to get the lessons that I clearly need. And so if it was just solely for myself, if I felt like I was only doing it for myself, I'm not sure I would have been able to, you know, do it maybe, but I knew that there were so many, I was doing this for not only myself, but also for so many other people, you know, watching this journey and knowing that if I can do this and they can do, they can go into martial arts or they can, you know, try a different job or they can try a new fitness class. They can just start to expand their boundaries of what they thought possible for themselves. And that's like my number one thing and gets me so fired up. Yeah. And I, I love that how you are really transparent on social media and you have been, you know, I've been following you for a bit and I love that. And people crave that, you know, people crave the authenticity and what I love is like the transition now, like how you've been so open about that and into your open relationship and be able to like, to really just be authentic because there's so much noise and so much bullshit out there and people are just craving real humans, you know, like real stories and, and, and being able to share that. And that's why social media can be such a powerful tool because you can share that. 
can also be bad because there's a lot of there's a lot of bad information out there. We're not bad, but misinforming information, right? right? Mm-hmm. So how how have you? I mean, so you're in the spotlight, you know, most of your life. How have you dealt with? Let's say nowadays, like you must get your share of shit talkers and and you know from both sides of the spectrum. How have you been able to deal with that? I, I just I'm really clear on what my mission is, you know. Yeah. And for every person who has something to say about it, it says more about them than it really does about me. Um, and it kind of just I have I have ten times the amount of love that I do any sort of hate. And I, honest, and I honestly don't get as much hate as you would think. Um, you know, I just recently posted a photo the other day in the nude. Um, and I, I was really nervous about posting something like that, but it was, it was a beautiful photo. And I'm the type of person that's like, look, if, if you love, if you love that self about you, then you fucking go for it. Don't let somebody stop you because their idea of how you should live your life is different from what you're doing. Yeah. No. And there was not a single a single um, comment. I never, I, I didn't get a single comment or DM of hate, which was yeah, absolutely mind blowing to me, but also really awesome. And awesome. And it helped me know that people were craving that kind of vulnerability and authenticity, just like you're saying. And yeah. um, so that was really cool for me to witness. And when I do have hate from people, it depends. But a lot of times I just ask them a question. I'm like, what is it about this? Cause I'm, literally curious like what is it about this message or this picture that triggers you or challenges you or you know and 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 so it gets them to start thinking like hmm why did I sit here and write that comment to her you know and so that's the way that I that I deal with it and there I I do take into account there's always constructive criticism and I'm totally open to that but if it's just someone just being like a bully like I'll either block you or ask you a question and if you're still like just hounding me for no fucking reason, it's like, okay, well, I don't, first of all, you're only following me because you like to be upset, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not be so upset here. Yeah, it's, it's a weird game we're playing right now. You know, it, it's all about them. It's not about you, whatever somebody says at the end of the day. And usually they just see something in you that they don't have and that they want. So they, they turn it into some sort of, you know, complaint or some sort of resentment, you know? Yeah. And it's always just like, even in our society, a lot of, a lot of the times it's like pointing fingers at the other person and what they're doing. And they did this to me and they made me feel this way when really it's like, uh, uh-uh, take those arrows and point it back at you. Because if, if there is some sort of uncomfortability or there's a trigger or there's something going on there, it's almost like you have an open wound. And like, if you have an open wound, someone touches it, it, hurts you know yeah. but if you've healed that if you healed those fears or those insecurities and someone touches you there it's just gonna fly right off so if, if you do find yourself in a situation to where um either a conversation or a picture or a post or a friend or a relationship something comes up and you feel uncomfortable with that or it triggers you like start to get curious as to why why did that come up within me? Let me learn more about myself through this situation. And I guarantee you, you will live a happier life. Isn't it fascinating though? Like how certain people can trigger things in you. Like you'll see posts and you'll be like, I I used to get, you know, get pissed off. But now I ask myself like, why, why does that piss me off? I mean, I don't understand it, you know? And like, it's, (laughs) it's all about, it has nothing to do with them. Yeah. 
You know, like why do we care? Why, why do we put that energy out? And, and it takes more energy to kind of get upset and to put out a comment and think about it and put all this negative energy into it. When really like, just let it go. You know, it's like, it, but like, this is the thing is that like so many people struggle with this and, and, and they just don't realize that, you know, it's all about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? no, it absolutely is. It's just like, like you said, like get curious as to why that is coming up within you. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't mean that you're going to never feel upset or never feel triggered or challenged, but use those as like opportunities for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you talked about your open relationship lot, lots, but this fascinates me because, you know, you guys were really out there. You really were open and transparent, like we said. And I know you've talked about it and you've gone, you went on your ups and your downs and you shared it all. But like, what was, what was the hardest thing that your takeaway from it, the hardest thing that you saw as a difficulty and maybe something that caught you off guard that you didn't expect? That people are out there thinking, oh, okay, well, I could probably do this, but they don't realize like, you know, the work that it actually takes. Yeah, I think it's exactly what you just said. You know, it is one thing to think about it on an intellectual level, which is when I'm working with any of my clients or any, anybody like that, that's step one is like, okay, let me think about this on an intellectual level. Let me listen to podcasts, see what comes up for me, what triggers comes up for me. Let me listen, let me read books like have that idea on an intellectual level. And that's how you kind of start dipping your toes into this type of relationship. And that's what you do with your partner as well as you guys are talking about these books, you're talking about the podcast without the pressure of actually doing anything outside of the relationship. This is just totally for a conversation. Um, and it's, it's harder than you think it's, you can, you can idealize what this, might look like and how you might respond to a specific situation or your partner being with somebody else. But most of the time it's way, way harder (laughs) than what is going on in your mind. Um, and you know, for a lot of people, if you don't know my story and I talk about this pretty openly, like I, I was an extremely jealous person. I was, you know, going through phones. I was coming, I was looking through the house just in case there was hair. I, (laughs) if like the shampoo bottle was moved into the other bathroom. I'm like, well, who the fuck was here taking a shower, you know? Um, And that was me. And I wasn't really that happy with it. And I think people think that going into an open relationship, the person has to come from this very free, loving, open background. But that's, was not me. You know, I'm, born and raised in South Texas and I was supposed to get married and have babies by now and the whole, you know, white picket fence sort of situation. But, um, that wasn't really suiting me because I needed something else. And so this is, I went into, you know, the open relationship container. Um, and we talked about it on intellectual level. And then when Aubrey brought it up, I said, hell no, I'm out. That's not going to happen. But then three months later, we took some time. I traveled. I realized that I could, you know, see other people and be really interested in them, but still love Aubrey to death and want to be in that relationship. And so that was the first light bulb of being like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, this makes sense. So we tried it. And like I said, it's way harder than, <laughs> than you think, but which is one of the reasons why I started doing the relationship coaching around it. Because I've been there for the past almost six years, 
and I know the ups and the downs and I can, you know, let people know, Hey, there's a big pothole ahead or like maybe, maybe, maybe don't do this. Maybe try this instead. <laughs> yeah. Because well, what's interesting about that is that, is that sex itself is just such a primal thing. It's just like, it's such a, it's so different than the actual love that you have for somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. But so many people like I'm not, I'm no pro in this area at all, but I've tried to dissect my own relationships and, and realizing that looking at it from, you know, having sex with somebody doesn't mean that you're going to lack love. Like, like, like you said, and, but what I find challenging as I've never even tried to do this is, is having that conversation with your partner in the first place. Like, cause we'll like, think about it. I'm sure there's tons of guys that be like, Hey, you want to have an open relationship? But like the girl would be like, fuck off. Like, you know what I mean? Like how, how does that even start? I mean, the guy, I, like you said, with, when Aubrey talked to you, you were like, no way. You know, how, how does somebody even, even plant that seed in a way that they don't get, you know, punched in the face in a, in a, in a, in a nice way, you know? Right. And, you know, I think one, the conversation is becoming bigger. And so people are talking about open relationships way more than they ever have been. Um, so it is on people's radar a little bit, but it is threatening. It's scary when somebody brings that up in your relationship, because we think that when that's brought up, there's a lack in the relationship or there's something wrong with the relationship. And I think that's one of the first, you know, myths that I'd like to debunk is that if you go into an open relationship, it doesn't mean your relationship is lacking in any way. Um, that the love is still there, that the sexual chemistry is still there. Um, And so, like I said earlier, if this is something that you're interested in doing, it is about talking about it on an intellectual level, you know, and blame it on me or, you know, I, my, that's what my uh, podcast co-host says all the time. Like, if you want to have this conversation, blame (laughs) it on me. You were listening to, you know, my true sex and wild love podcast, or you heard me on your podcast and it's just start, start to open the conversation. Like, Hey, you know, I heard this podcast. What do you think about that? Or if that's already, if you've already gotten past that, maybe, maybe read this book, Sex at Dawn. Have you heard that? I've heard of a lot of people reading that book, or I've heard a lot of people reading Untrue by my co-host, Dr. Wednesday Martin. And so like use these pillars as like, what are your thoughts on that without, like I said, the pressure of doing anything. Hey, this isn't something that I think that we need to be doing right now. Um, but I'm just interested to have the conversation. And I think you'll find that even having the conversation um, with your partner can act as a pressure pressure valve. So if you do have that sexual desire for somebody else, which is completely normal, and that's completely normal for women too, because honestly, I hear more, for, I work with men as well, but there are more women heading up the whole polyamorous movement or open relationship movement than there are men. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting. And there's all all this new science and studies coming out about how women actually have a harder time with monogamy than men, how our sex drives are, are, are just as strong and high as men, if if not more. Um, And this is not coming from me. This is coming from studies. (laughs) This is science now. Um, So yeah, I think it really is just opening that conversation, use books, use podcasts without the pressure of doing anything and just kind of see how, how that conversation goes. Yeah. So now, okay. Now that you've, um, you've been doing it now that you've kind of gone down that rabbit hole, is this something that, is that all you do now? 
or or can you or, or like what are your thoughts now moving forward is that something that you're going to seek or is it just going to kind of happen the way like is monogamy something that the, you want as like an end goal or like walk us through that because that's a rabbit hole once you open it it's kind of like now what yeah 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 you know the cool thing about this, and this is what I say all the time, the number one thing that I have found about being in this type of relationship is that it's taught my, taught me about myself more than anything ever has in my life. Mm. Um, it showed me where my jealousies are. It, it showed me where my fear and my insecurities lie and really allowed for me, kind of forced me to dive into that and bring all of that un- up and into, you know, my idea so I could work through it. Whereas before it's like, I can sweep that under the rug. I don't have to look at it, but this really it heightens your, your insecurities or anything that you're not looking at. Um, so it made me a better person. It made me a better friend. It made me a better lover, girlfriend, daughter. It just made me a better human being overall because I'm really, I really know who I am now. Um, so that's, that's been, that's been really nice for me. And, um, as far as like moving forward in other relationships, it is for me deciding whatever works for me at that point in my life, you know, at some point, will I be monogamous, probably at some point, will I be, you know, in open and poly probably. And I think that's another important message is just allowing our relationship boundaries to be a bit fluid, um, depending on what point of, you know, your life that you're in. And so just, just thinking about it, because sometimes we get so focused on what we said, we are monogamous, which means this. And honestly, nobody even knows what monogamy is anymore. You're coming up with what the, your definition of monogamy, which is awesome. And so come up with your unique relationship, what works for you and your partner or your partner's at that specific point in your life. And I guarantee it's going to be way easier, going to be way happier more happier um, than if you're just sticking strictly to a agreement that society handed over to you. Yeah. Yeah. The box, the classic box we put ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Like these are the rules. Like who made these rules? You know, That's right. Like, who, who made these rules? You, you yeah. came into this world and you're handed one relationship and <laughs> I don't know who made those rules up. You don't know either. And so you're just like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm going to do that. Even though most of the time it's not working for anyone around me, but I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. It's crazy. And so many people go by that. I guess it I, probably just comes down to the religion side of things. That's kind of how we've it's it, it it boggles my mind, and I love how things are opening up now because you can decide your you can make your own rules. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter at the end of the day as long as you're happy and your partner's happy. I mean, whatever, right? So yeah, and if, if that's you know, a lot of people think that I I don't support monogamy, and that's not the case at all. And I am I'm actually not a proponent, you know, for open relationships. I am somebody that supports whatever your truth is and whatever relationship container you thrive in. Yeah. No, and you've always you've never said this is the way you guys have to do it. You you've said this is how we do it, and this is my this is our story, and I, and this is. You know, you do what you want, but here's the, some tools. That's all, you know, that's all you've ever said. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, there's so much, cause I work with couples even, yes, that are transitioning to open or have been open for years, but I also work with couples who are in a strictly monogamous married relationship because there's so many lessons that, um, open or poly can teach monogamy. 
You know, it really is, and vice versa. There's a lot of lessons that monogamy can teach poly or open. And so really, we're all just in this together. And, and if we just decide, okay, let's learn from each other. What tools have you learned through your relationship that I can learn? And then vice versa. Right. So, okay, I want to get into a little bit of like plant medicine stuff. Because cool. I, was, I was doing a bit of digging, as I always do with my guests. And I, I think I read that you went down arrhythmia. Is that, is that right? I went down to Rhythmia years ago okay. when it first opened up, um, but I didn't do any plant. I did a, a Wachuma there, okay. um, but I didn't do any ayahuasca, and it was kind of more of an exploratory um, visit to check out the facilities, um, but I've, I've done ayahuasca um, 15 times, and I've gone to Blue Morpho, Spirit Quest, and then another facility in Peru, right. but Blue Morpho and Spirit Quest are my spots yeah because i've been looking at it lately and there's some awesome ones and yeah so okay how has that shifted you i mean how do you even quantify it i don't know i mean you've done it 15 times i'm sure each time has just been crazy amazing but how can you sit look back in hindsight now what are some things that it's helped you with oh man it's been such a you know <laughs> future and guiding star in my life. And I, I forgot to mention, I actually just got back. I did uh, oh, yeah. four ceremonies of ayahuasca at Soltara in Costa Rica, and I loved it there. The facilities are amazing. So just if anyone's looking at it, I can recommend that place as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's been one of the greatest <laughs> teachers and most stern teachers, you know, in my life. And I think it is really about diving into those areas that we either feel like we can't access in everyday life um, or we're too afraid to, or we don't even know is there, right? So yeah, I've done it 15 times and everyone's like, well, why do you keep doing it? And it's because there's always something there to learn. There's always something that I haven't looked at. There's always something that, you know, has happened to me in between ceremonies that I can learn from. Um, and so it's just been really one of my one of my biggest teachers and, and allowed me to go deep into the places and learn more about myself than, than, you know, I'm able to do in everyday life. I'm not a very good meditator. I'm not a very good, you know, I don't do a lot of breath work. It's hard for me to do this. And so for psychedelics, it's kind of like a shortcut. It is, it is that like door open. Wow. Look at this entire world that's there for me. And then, you know, you have to integrate that back into your everyday life and, you know, you can reach these places without, without an external substance, for sure. Um, it just takes a, a lot of, you know, a lot more uh, dedication and time than, than I tend to do. Um, so, yeah, it really has just, just shown me parts of myself that I haven't looked at uh, before and allowed me to heal from past relationships or childhood trauma or, you know, anything like that, that I didn't do. Mm. Have you done Iboga? I have. I did Iboga. Um, that was one of my first psychedelic journeys. Okay. Um, but that was years and years ago and I took too much. And so it was a lot of the times if you're given too much, it's called like a whiteout. Um, and so you don't remember anything from the trip and you're just kind of like deathly ill the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have a full, a, uh, trip update on, on that one as much, but, uh, I've heard incredible, you know, mind blowing, uh, transformations from that medicine. And it's really cool to actually see some of the studies that are coming out with aboga and ayahuasca when it comes to depression. Um, 
particularly opioid um, abuse in um, aboga therapy. Mm. Yeah, I had a couple of friends that just got back and they're so fresh, they, they haven't even really talked about it yet. So I'm looking forward to it because it's, I, I, I haven't really, I've been following like you guys and I've been, I've been hearing so many people dive into that, but there's some kind of fear inside of me still for some reason. But I, I feel like it's, it's going to be time soon. I know you have to be called to it and it's something that I definitely am going to do. It's just like, all right, when's the, when's the right time? Where's the right place? And yeah. And there, there'll probably always be fear, you know, yeah. if you go into a plant medicine, I have never once gone into a plant medicine ceremony being like, woo, yeah. I'm going to walk <laughs> through this thing, you know? Exactly. I, I know if I walk into a ceremony like that, I am about to get my ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> so I always kind of have a, you know, respectful amount of anxiety and like, okay, yeah. make this gentle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. You know, be called to it whenever, yeah. whenever the time's ready, you'll, you'll know. I, um, I've done a little bit of Kundalini yoga and like, I know that they really tap into, they can tap into that and they always say, well, you should just do it like this. And I love hearing both sides. Right. And I noticed actually you posted the other day, you were reading Dr. Joe Dispenza, you're reading, yeah. um, becoming supernatural amazing and he talks about the same sort of things right all the energy systems and be able to like move that energy you know your sex energy around and um it's fascinating stuff it is it's i'm like addicted to (laughs) and now we're gonna go down to um his retreat in december so i'm super excited about that yeah he's um he's amazing like you know what I love about him is his he's how he's able to explain such a complicated mystical thing in a way that's understandable. Yep. Because, you know, when you talk about meditation and gratitude, sometimes people will think it's just woo-woo. But when he actually talks about the science of it, and being able to be like, no, actually, this is what happens to, these, to the brains in your body. It's fascinating. And I think a lot of people need that. Yeah, they need like the, the combination of the mystical and spiritual with the scientific, you know, it, it isn't just thinking like waking up in the morning and saying, thank you. And then your whole life's going to change. Yeah. It's, he is, he is healing dis- diseases, you yeah. know, and, and people are doing it themselves um, without medicine. And I think medicine is hugely important in our world, but this is also another way to, to kind of get curious and dive into into that area it's so amazing to just hear some of the some of the stories from it yeah it's it's crazy it's it's crazy it's it's another rabbit hole it's just layers of the onion it's like and (laughs) it's and just realize that we don't know shit (laughs) and that's like that's one of the things that i feel like i've learned most from from uh doing psychedelics is wow i really don't know anything yeah yeah (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to keep doing them until maybe I figure something out, but I keep finding that I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So how, all right. So your, your podcast with, with Wednesday, what's your last Wednesday? Dr. Wednesday Martin. Dr. Wednesday Martin. She's awesome. You guys. So this podcast is great. I've listened to your, your, the one with Aubrey, which was like fucking awesome. Like you guys, wow. the, the, you know how you showed the beginning and then you guys had the end part where you kind of talked about after. Yeah, I honestly didn't even think we were going when we first sat down to start that kind of like the the post breakup, you know, what yeah. was going on. I honestly didn't know if we were going to be able to release that because I was so emotional, you know, and he was like before we started recording, he's like just just try to 
you know, just continue. Like people want to know really what's going on. You don't have to put on a pretty face. And, but as soon as we started recording, it was like tears. It was, I'm like, this it was amazing. <laughs> I, I, I got goosebumps when I was listening to it. Cause it was, it was powerful. It was fucking, it, that's, that's what people crave though. Yeah. That's what people want to you, you, like. You're, it's, it was such a true. It was so true, and you could feel it. And you guys could feel the energy, like the before conversation and after. And I listened to the Lewis Howes one, and I listened to Aaron Alexander. He's been on the show too, and he's coming on again. I love uh, Aaron. They're all awesome episodes. Like, thank you. Yeah, it's been such a fun, such a fun project for me. I mean, as you know, hosting a podcast too is just like you get to sit down and talk to so many interesting people. And yeah. this was something that I knew I always wanted to do. I wanted to have a podcast. I tried to have my own podcast a long time ago, but it just wasn't really fitting into what I felt was right. Um, and so it was kind of like Joe Dispenza, like really calling your future into your life. Like, what do you really want? And I knew I needed to find a co-host who was like me, but different enough to where we can complement each other. Um, and sure enough, you know, I started reading her book, um, Untrue, and just completely fell in love with her. And we got connected with her through our friend, Dr. Chris Ryan. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is my girl. Yeah. This is my girl. And we're going to do a podcast together. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I was so terrified to ask her if she wanted to do a podcast with me because I just, I knew I wanted it so bad that like, if she said no, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> um, but you know, I just took the chance and, and now we're, you know, I guess 17 episodes in and we launched and we were number one in health and number 52 on overall, you know, iTunes, um, episodes or podcasts. And so that was, it was just really cool. And, and it's fun to see that people are listening and enjoying it as much as we are. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the thing is I can appreciate because there's such a good balance of knowledge, authenticity, and fun in that, in that podcast, you guys just have a great dynamic of energy. There's no doubt about it. So that's why I, I just, I've only listened to the episodes with, with, with the guys because, you know, for me, I could relate. And I was like, you guys really unpack some, some good topics, some interesting topics in a way that's like that, that a lot of people probably couldn't and you get the, the people to open up in a way that it's hard and like with podcasting as you know it's it's an amazing thing to be able to connect with people and learn about them and share that and sometimes you connect with people in a way that it just it's mind-blowing like you know like you think it's going to go one way and then it goes another and then you're like holy shit that was amazing you know and it's like people can hear that and it, it it's so cool to be able to to, to tap into that, that conversation and allow people to, to get value from it. Right. And, and some people are, some people are better at it than others. So I always appreciate when I hear, you know, people who are talented at bringing the gold out of the person, you know, cause that's all it is at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So true. It's so true. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, really being able to see and connect with that person. Like what is their story? What is their message? Everyone has a unique story about them and it's just giving them the, the space and, you know, the safe space to express that because it is a public forum, right? There, yeah. it does open yourself up to a lot of criticism. Um, and so if you can sit there and make them feel like you're actually sitting down for a conversation with just four of you or the three of you or the two of you, then that's, that's the goal. That's the magic. 
yeah, being able to do it in person is is so much better. Like, yeah, it's great. It's challenging us because you know Wednesday lives in New York and I'm here in um, Austin, and so basically what we do is just I go and meet her. She'll come here. We'll go out to LA and record you know ten or twelve episodes in a few days, and then release them um, that way. Wow, that's that's amazing. You guys can pull that off. It's a lot. It's it's we were. I mean, we do no less than four episodes a day, usually, you know, six, um, plus promos, plus we're starting, we're going to bring a Q and a portion onto the show. And so we'll release that I think on Tuesdays because our podcast comes out on Thursdays and we get so many questions about relationships and sexuality and all of these things. And we want to be able to answer that. So we're adding a little, you know, Q and a where we take two or three questions. It's going to be short, 15 minutes, um, and then just take a few minutes to answer those questions. And that'll be like a little, you know, short Q and a portion to our show too. Oh, it's awesome. It's crazy how much you learn from the people too, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it's just like a, it's like a hack. It's like I, you get to sit down and, and talk to these people and like, I'm constantly learning like what it's done for me. We've done over like, I don't know, 150, 120 episodes. And it's just been like such a wild ride. Like the things you learn, the takeaways, it's I, I can't even explain it to people sometimes. It's like, uh-uh. and you know, you know, like you probably get this feeling too. I love those days when I'm recording, you know, four or five episodes. It's tiring, right? Because it's yeah. five hours at least of being so on, you yeah. know? but it's, it's, you're learning so much. You're connecting with super unique and awesome people that I leave there happier, more fulfilled and like fired yeah. up you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're flying. I, I've said this so many times. You're like literally flying. You're vibrating at this level. Think about it. You had like four conversations and you're just like, you're taking all of that energy. It's yeah. crazy. And being in person would be even crazier because yeah. you got like these like, and the people you talk to are interesting people like yeah. more. And, and everybody, that's the thing is that everybody's got a story. It's about a lot of times people think, oh, you got to have these amazing guests these amazing it's like so many people have stories if you can if you it's the interviewer it's important to have be able to pull that out in a way that's like wow you know because so many people are so scared to share but if but those are the people i found they're the most interesting ones too mm-hmm. the ones that you think oh this might not be as interesting you're like wow that was crazy i didn't even think it was going to go there and they open up and they're like i've never shared my story like that it's that's so rewarding you know yeah. And it's just like what you said, what we talked about earlier with social media and just being so open and vulnerable. That is truly what people, people want to see. Um, obviously it is our second self on social media because yeah. it's not completely open, but trying to be as open and authentic as possible will give you, you know, the results that you're looking for and will really be able to serve the world more than just giving a, a portion of who you are. And that's, you know, that's one of my messages is just like, I want to be as open and authentic as I possibly can. Some people are going to, it's going to trigger the hell out of people and some people are going to absolutely love it. And regardless, that's just who I am and that's who I am really all the time. And it's cool with podcasting because, you know, even on social media, but now that I have my podcast, it's people come up to me and they're like, man, I already feel like I know you. And it's like, well, you do actually, because that's really how I am, you know, 99% of the time. The other times I'm completely silent and love my alone time. But most of the time, like I love talking to new people and 
I'm an open book and usually you can ask me basically any question that you want and I'm going to answer it because it's like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> do, you, do you find it funny though? Like I find this pretty hilarious sometimes is like people that you haven't talked to for a while, like say from school and you know, they're following you, but you haven't seen them. And then yeah. when you run into them, it's like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And then they, you know, that they, they, they look at you like they've seen you a lot. Like right. you're surprised cause you haven't seen them for a long time. I've, I've had that feeling. It's like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like that, you must get that a lot. I mean, obviously be people that you're connected with and now you're in the spot. Like, what is that like? It's fun. You know, I actually recently reconnected with one of my ex-boyfriends um, from college, like eight, I guess we dated like eight or nine years ago. Um, and we just went to lunch and it was just really interesting to be like, wow, like I, I am, I feel like I'm such a different person yeah. and he has grown so much too, that it's like a really cool conversation to have. Yeah. Um, but I think like, you know, a lot of the times people, if you have no kind of like connection with them or access to them through social media or anything like that, they ask a question like, what have you been up to? And it's like, if somebody asked me, well, what have you been up to? And I'm like, for the past eight <laughs> years, like, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, social media. And thank you for following along. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, know, you know, sit at lunch for 17 hours. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's really cool. I think social media has given us that it peek into people's lives that we wouldn't, wouldn't normally. Um, there is, I think it would be interesting to kind of go back in time to where you have your you know, 10 year school reunion and you don't have social media. And it's like the first time that you've yeah. seen them or have had access to them in 10 years. Like, I wonder what that experience would truly be like. Yeah, that would be cool. Like you have no idea, you know, like the days where people wrote letters and stuff, like yep. you, you don't know where anybody's. And yeah, I mean, I've always thought that too. I guess those days are over now. You can literally find out about anybody. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so but. true. And I don't know why this just totally popped in my head, but letters, I absolutely love handwritten notes or handwritten yeah. letters. And I think really in relationships too, if you're in a relationship and somebody writes you a handwritten letter, it's like, I instantly love you. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, make sure you take note on that. Literally. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Take the time to write a handwritten note. It doesn't even have to be that long. It doesn't yeah. have to do anything. But outside of just text messaging and, you know, pictures and whatever else, if you just take like a two minutes to write a little bit of a handwritten note, yeah, I think it goes a really long way. Like I didn't even have – I graduated in 2001, so I didn't even have a phone or anything. So I have – I'd always be like, oh, write me a note. Write me a note during class. Like yeah. I used to love that. Yeah. And then like the, your, the girls that you have crushes on or you, they, they do all this like art on it and they'd fold it up in these like crazy things. And I have like shoe boxes full of those old notes. Yeah. I remember writing school notes too. <laughs> <laughs> or like the CDs, you would do CDs and you would like your oh, mixtapes yeah. right on the mixtapes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I made you a CD and then write something on the CD, the burnt mm -hmm. CD. Oh, that's awesome. So I, I, I want to talk more about your, your relationship coaching because I want to make sure that everybody knows what, how you can help them and where they can find you and all that good stuff. So t maybe talk us through, I know you, you got into it a little bit, but maybe, yeah, I'd love to hear more about it. 
Yeah, you know, throughout, like I said, Aubrey and I were in a, you know, seven-year relationship and five and a, half, and a half of those years in an open relationship. And now we're in a relationship without labels. Um, and it's just kind of, it's beautiful. And I'm so, like, blessed that we are still in each other's lives in the way that we are. Um, and so with, throughout that time, you know, through the fighting and the pageants, and then I went into commentating for kickboxing, um, my, I was going through this whole open relationship kind of journey and people were hitting me up constantly for advice or, you know, ways that they could try it in their relationship or this is going on in my relationship. What do you recommend? And so we were constantly being hit up and I was actually doing an interview in ring at Madison Square Garden with one of the world champions. And I had this message that said, why were you telling his story when you have a story to tell? And I knew at that moment that I had to quit my job, which was my dream job at the time, yeah. um, and pursue this head on. And that's what I did that very next, that very next week I quit my job and never went back. <laughs> and wow. Um, you know, started doing relationship coaching and opening that up and people really want it and people really need it. And there's so often that, you know, a lot of the times people come to me because they feel like they're living in this world and they're surrounded by people and friends and family, but that they can't be open and honest about what's really going on. Um, and so I'm able to give them a very non, you know, non-judgmental safe place to, express whatever is going on, express their desires, and then find a way to really uncover any layers that may be preventing them from, you know, their truth or living their truth, and then bringing that into their relationship. Um, and like I said, I work, for, I work with men and women from all backgrounds all over the world, people from Thailand and Australia and, um, you know, the Netherlands, and then obviously all over here in the United States. Um, and either they're monogamous or they're single or even on a life coaching basis, you know, people are, are asking for my services for that too, just bringing in more confidence within their life. And, um, it's been one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done. And I'm, you know, I speak from a, it's different from therapy. I don't consider myself a therapist. I'm not a therapist. Um, and it's different because I speak from experience and I think, you know, data and research and books can get you very, very far. Um, but I think there also needs to be another aspect of that, which is truly putting yourself in the fire to see what emotions come up when you're in that, you know, arena. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's where the, that's where I kind of, you know, help coach from is an experiential spot. Um, and I still do, I take courses and I still research and I read all of the books um, but for me, it's really like, look, I'm putting myself in these, in these circumstances, in these situations, in these relationships in order to truly understand the feelings that you're going through and help you work through them. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's powerful. I mean, to be able to quit a job like that and to go out on your own, I mean, it's, that's fear. You're facing fears. I mean, you're, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, the uncertainty, right? I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it, it's such a scary thing, but it's such a rewarding thing because now you get, to, you get to talk to these people that want to work with you. It's amazing. Like, and, and you just get to share. You're just adding value and then people reach out to you. It's awesome. So good for you for following your, your, your heart. I mean, it's, so many people are scared to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's scary. You know, it really is scary. But 
if if you have that you know sense or you have that knowing or you have that kind of voice that I had that day um, and you do follow it it can be an extremely beautiful transformational experience and I can't imagine what my life would be like if I if I didn't you know it's something that I've always wanted to do um, and now I'm I'm every day living my purpose and waking up excited because I get to do this. You know, it's not that I have to do this. It's like I get to really sit down and do interviews like this and I get to sit down and talk to people from all over the world. And when, you know, when I'm working with my clients, it's so beautiful to see the transformation that they go through from like the very first call that we have to maybe the even third call or 10th call, whatever it is. And it's just, they're blossoming and blooming. And I, it's not, I understand that I've had, you know, I, I helped them in that, but they're doing the work. I'm just yeah. able to give them a little bit of like the roadmap to get, to get there. Like here's your roadmap, but they're putting in the work and they're doing it and being able to watch them thrive and open up in such deep ways is truly remarkable. Yeah. And you nailed it because you're not giving anybody anything. You're helping them realize what they already have inside. Mm-hmm. And people think, oh, they didn't, that coach, they didn't give me this. They didn't give me that. It's, it's about, well, no, it's you have the tools already. It's somebody just needs to help you discover them again. Somebody yeah. just needs to help you realize that you have them. And 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 you know, some people are good at helping that, making that happen. And, and usually, just a different perspective, right? A lot yeah. of the we think we need to do everything on our own, or we yeah. can only go talk to this one specific person about this problem um, or this issue. And it's like get a different perspective, find somebody that resonates with you and you resonate with their message and just be curious about what maybe the areas that you're not looking at that they can kind of shine a light on um, or a magnifying glass on. It can be so, I mean, it, particularly in my relationship, I it was necessary for me to have outside support. And I think it's honestly necessary for most people to have outside support because we can get stuck in our heads and create all kinds of stories and assumptions and we get stuck in this damn loop that we can't get out of and it's almost like a life raft like now nah, i got you here <laughs> yeah yeah we we all need we all crave that too you know coming from that tribal thing where we, we want to have the support we, we we came from having support from you know the groups and and people need that and and the more of that that there is, the better. And people are just constantly wanting to learn and be, you know, people need to be held accountable. People need whatever they need, but it's nice to have that support. So yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, where where's the best place for us to find you? Where where can we all check you out? Yeah. So Instagram is my spot. Um, I, I do a little bit on Twitter as well too. And Instagram, my handle is wit in love and that's the letter in W H I T N L O V E. And that's what it is on Twitter as well. And you can also go to wit Um, and if you're interested in coaching, uh, either email me at Whitney in love at gmail.com or just send me a DM. I try to go through all of my DMS and we can, you know, set up, uh, appointment or a session, or if you have any questions and I try to answer as much as I possibly can on my social media. Um, so yeah, those are the places to kind of follow along and check me out and see what's, see what's going on. Awesome. No, I really appreciate it. We'll make sure it's all clear in the show notes, check you out. Um, thank you so much for coming and hanging out. This is, this is awesome. And I'm super grateful to have, you know, 
to share this with you and, and, and so much value in that conversation. Like, thank you. Ah, thank you. This is so much fun. This is see, I get fired up from yeah. things like this, so I appreciate it. <laughs> me too. Me too. I uh, I only just have one one question I ask at the end. Is just my one staple question. And what is one lesson that adversity has taught you? To follow my truth. Um, I think following your truth is the number one thing that you possibly can do, and that's like the happiest you will ever be. Um, and adversity can be your guiding star to that to help you remove the layers and get more clear on what's kind of coming up for you and what maybe is keeping you from living your fullest, you know, most potential life. Amazing. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. I will make sure, make sure to check out Whitney Miller, everybody. This was gold. Go check her out on social media. She's got an awesome page. She's really responsive too. So she's, you know, she cares about her fans and it's, it's, it's great. And I love seeing what you guys are doing. So check out her podcast, True Sex and Wild Love. That's, a, that's, that's how I say it, right? Perfect. Yep. All right, awesome. Thanks, everybody. Whitney Miller. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Go check out Whitney. All, the, all her information's in the show notes. You know, go subscribe to her podcast. You know, show her some love. Follow her on social media. She's doing great stuff and I really appreciate having her on. So thanks guys. Love you. Appreciate you. Catch you next time. Thanks everybody. Go check out Whitney. All the, all her information's in the show notes. You know, go subscribe to her podcast. You know, show her some love. Follow her on social media. She's doing great stuff and I really appreciate having her on. So thanks guys. Love you. Appreciate you. Catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.